I had a wonderful vacation. As you guys know, uh, I was gone all last week, and it was wonderful to just relax and not think about how Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and George Soros and all these corrupt bastards are trying to ruin my life every day. I, I, I looked at maybe one news story over the course of the week, and I got to say, ignorance is truly bliss. Uh, and it was really hard for me, you know, last night, thinking to myself that, okay, I got to get back in the game. I got to get back in the fight. I, I struggled. I, I was like, I, man, do I really want to get back in this three-ring circus? But I realized I have to, man, because these people aren't going to stop. And so we have to continue the fight. And so today we're going to be uh, exposing a lot of stuff, mainly Dr. Hitler fraud sheet, okay? Because we've got a, a pretty big bombshell that's been released by the subcommittee that's investigating the origins of COVID-19, okay? And this subcommittee is supposed to hold its first public hearing on Wednesday. So, you know, just prior to the, their first hearing, they've released a bombshell memorandum, including tons of emails between Dr. Fauci and this this research group, which published a paper um, dismissing the lab leak theory, okay? And what we now know is that Dr. Fraudchi was behind, uh, he, he was the one that prompted them to write this paper, and he had a heavy influence in what went into this paper, and he had the final say on the final draft. And then he took this paper and used it as evidence that COVID-19 did not come from a freaking lab. It, it's crazy. So we're going to get into the details. But first, before we get into that, um, I saw this tweet, which was posted by the Kerry Lake War Room. Okay. And uh, they were retweeting the Gateway Punnett, who said, Stay tuned. The Gateway Punnett has huge breaking news coming out this morning on election integrity. So I was keeping an eye on the Gateway Punnett. And I think that I think that this may be the story that they're referring to. Uh, I could be wrong, but this is a pretty big story, and it has to do with election integrity. So, uh, big news. Three more secretaries of state approach Omega-4 America founder to replace Eric's system. New, to, new voter roll uh, policing can catch criminals as they make massive changes to voter rolls. So, this article, it, it, it cites a lot of quotes from an interview between Jay Valentine the director of the Fractal Technology Software team at Omega for America in an interview that he did with Joe Hoft of the Gateway Pundit. Now, I listened to about the first half of this interview before the show, and it was extremely interesting. So, Jay Valentine, uh, again, the director of the Fractal Technology Software team at Omega for America, was talking about how they've been able to set up a real-time system which takes the Eric voter rolls and runs them against publicly available records like uh, property records. And uh, so so they've been able to... We, we know what... I, I hope you guys know what Eric is if you've been following this channel. Eric is the George Soros-funded um, system, which has been... It, it Basically, it was to centralize the control of voter rolls... And now it is being used by 32 states. And, and Eric advertises itself as a way to clean up voter rolls. They're supposed to flag people that have moved away, people that are dead, people that should not be on the voter rolls, and then the election officials are supposed to remove them, right? But what we found is what Eric really is, is a, um, a voter registration drive. What they do is they take uh, 
lists of people that are not registered to vote, and they give that to the elected officials so that they'll call them and register them. So they create curated lists of people that they want to become registered to vote, right? And they don't do any voter roll cleanup whatsoever. So what this does is it leads to massively bloated voter rolls because you're constantly adding new people and you're not removing anybody. And what do we know is essential to rigging an election is dirty voter rolls. You have to attach the fake ballots to a registered voter. So Eric constantly inflates the voter rolls. And uh, we know this, but now Jay Valentin has been able to prove it. And what they've done is they set up a real-time system which takes the Eric voter rolls that they say are cleaned and runs them against publicly available records. And what they've done is they've analyzed like 15 or 20 states. And they analyzed the, the so-called Eric cleaned voter rolls in one county in Nevada, for just for the sake of example. And they found enough fictitious voters on the voter rolls to completely alter the results of an, any, any election, presidential election, or otherwise, I mean, enough fictitious voters on the voter rolls to sway an election just in this one county in Nevada, okay? And that was just the one state that they chose to use as an example, but there's many, many more. In Arizona, they found thousands of zip codes being changed just before the ballots go out, the mail-in ballots, right? So they found, like, uh, over 20,000 zip codes that were mysteriously changed just before they sent out the ballots, and then after the election, the zip codes were changed back. So they've got a system where they can catch all of this in real time. And um, what Jay Valentin says is they've got these reports that they're creating for the secretaries of state, and multiple secretaries of state have come forward asking for uh, demonstrations. You know, can you look at our voter rolls? And they're showing interest... And they're starting to realize that Eric, which advertised itself as voter roll cleanup, is really just a a ploy. And so it's very possible that we may see a a domino effect of states pulling out of Eric now that it's being exposed that they don't actually do their job. Perhaps, you know, we all assume that these elected officials, secretaries of state, attorney generals, they're all in on it. But there could be some that actually just don't know that Eric is is a fraud. So we've had a couple states pull out of Eric, and we may see more. Now, one thing that's really important is that Jay Valentin, in this interview, he says it's important for people to know that, you know, what we're seeing here goes to show that this this entire idea that, you know, Republican Republicans can start to ballot harvest in 2024 and beat the system, it's not going to happen. Because what they're able to do is they have hundreds of thousands of fictitious voters on the voter rolls. The, the voter rolls are so bloated, it's ridiculous. And you have people inside the system, you know, just before they send out the mail-in ballots, changing the zip codes and the addresses on hundreds of thousands of people, sending out those ballots, intercepting them, and then changing the information back. Okay, and then those people are voting. So if you think that we can just harvest ballots to overcome the fraud, it's not going to happen because if we harvest a million ballots, they're going to harvest or they're, they're going to uh, create one million and one. They have the ability to do this. So we have to clean up the voter rolls. And, and what he said is that these secretaries of state are getting inundated, which with hundreds and hundreds of people calling 
and saying they want the state to pull out of Eric. So we have to continue that momentum and continue exposing this. Uh, Behizzi in the chat says, Nick black-pilled Cedar. Yeah, I basically just plagiarized what Behizzi said Yeah, because I got that from Behizzi. He said, you know, if we ballot harvest a million ballots, they'll, they will create one million and one. And, you know, I, I, I just can't, I just can't argue with that. It just, I, 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 I'm kind of in this weird position where as far as the whole let's ballot harvest in 2024 thing goes, I'm basically like, look, what else are we going to do? Are we going to vote on election day again? Because we saw in Arizona and, you know, in Pennsylvania that they can just have, they can just run out of ballots. The machines can break down and there's no accountability for it whatsoever. So you can vote on election day. They got a system for that too. We've tried uh, litigation, endless lawsuits. We've tried audits. We've tried pretty much everything, including voting on election day. So I'm still going to continue to vote. I'm not going to stop voting. And if somebody wants to present an alternative solution, like, hey, maybe this time if we harvest ballots, something will change. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go for it. Why not? Why the hell not? Because voting on election day clearly doesn't work. But at the same time, I'm not going to delude myself into thinking they can't still rig the election if we harvest ballots. So I, I know it's kind of a weird position to be in, but um, <laughs> I think we can fight for the changes that we want. Getting rid of the machines, cleaning up the voter rolls, all that stuff. At the same time, you know, we can, we can uh, attempt to ballot harvest in the meantime while everything's the same. Because I do think we have a problem when the Democrats get a month to vote. And Republicans get one day. That That's a pretty big problem. And the convenience of be, being able to drop your ballot off in a drop box. I mean, we got a lot of problems. And there's not an easy solution. And when you have Trump saying something like, all right, we're going to become ballot harvesters in 2024, I think the best course of action is to kind of lean into the momentum that Trump has. Because if if if, <laughs> if he's saying it, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be very difficult to oppose what he's saying if that makes sense. So anyways, guys, um, if you guys could smash that rumble button before we proceed to the next story, okay? Because we got quite a bit to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, Anthony Fraudshi, man, because that's what you guys came here for. But before we get into that, okay, make sure to check out our sponsors. If you go to preparewithnickmoseeder.com, you, uh, you can actually get a pretty dang good deal. On a three-month emergency food kit. The three-month emergency food kit for a limited time only includes an Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system on top of your three months of emergency food. So the Alexa Pure uh, Pro water filtration system is great for those of you guys that live out in East Palestine or are one of the eight million people consuming <laughs> the drinking water affected by the giant mushroom cloud of vinyl chloride that was burned into the sky. So... You know, if you're one of those people, I, I suggest taking a look at preparewithnickmoseeder.com. Okay, because this Alexa Pure Water Pro filtration system, it actually, it, it doesn't require electricity. It's powered by gravity. It's really cool. It, it targets bacteria, chlorine, fluoride, heavy metals, lead, pesticides, and pharmaceuticals. Okay, so on, on top of getting three months of emergency food and having all of that on standby in the case that you may need it, uh, given the food shortages and poisoning of our food supply and all all the uh, all the stuff that's going on, uh, you also have clean drinking water. Now, uh, with that out of the way, 
let's go ahead and get into talking about Anthony Frauchi. Yes, Roy, what's up, brother? Yes, the vacation was great, C. Bernie, 85. But like I said, it's <laughs> it's really hard to come back and then start, like, it, it's hard to put my head back in the game because I was so peaceful there for a week, and now I got to go back to remembering that the entire world is being taken over by a, a satanic globalist cabal that wants to indoctrinate my child to chopping off his balls. You know, it's ignorance is bliss, man. I wish I wish I could just forget about all this crap, but it's not an option, baby. It just ain't an option. So let's get into the story. So we have this memorandum, which was uh, which was released last night. And I'm pretty sure you guys are going to hear about this a lot because it's starting to uh, make its rounds. So the House Subcommittee on the uh, COVID Pandemic has released a bombshell memorandum which exposes Dr. Anthony uh, Fauci for basically fabricating a research paper that denied that COVID came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And what a big shocker, right? I mean, we're talking about the guy that uh, takes beagle puppies and, and attaches cages to their head and allows fleas to eat their faces off. So I'm not, I'm not so surprised by this. And this is also, like, this guy is literally the most corrupt human being in the world, okay? He lied to us about lockdowns and mask efficacy. He told people to stay indoors, don't get out in the sun, don't exercise, stay away from your friends and family, eat junk food, drink alcohol. These are his health recommendations, um, and he also told people that therapeutics like ivermectin and HCQ were unsafe. He suppressed early treatment for the virus, which we know could have prevented over 80% of COVID deaths. All of that so he could ensure that he would get his kickbacks from Big Pharma uh, by suppressing alternative therapies and rushing the clot shots onto market through emergency use authorization. So just that alone proves that Dr. F- uh, Fauci is responsible for the deaths of thousands, if not millions of people. So it should come as no surprise that the guy also fabricated research papers to hide his crimes that he was funding the lab where the virus came from. Okay, but it's important to expose this stuff. And people uh, deserve to know the the details. Okay, so this the subcommittee released this memorandum, which included emails between Dr. Fauci and a group called Scripps Research. Now, Scripps Research is... Uh, is headed by a doctor named Dr. Anderson, Dr. Christian Anderson. And this was the group that was investigating the origin of the virus as early as January 2020. Okay? Now, they were studying the genome sequence and trying to determine whether it occurred naturally or if the virus was man-made. And after their months-long investigation, to nobody's surprise, uh, they published a research paper paper called... Proximal Origin of COVID-19 on March 17, 2020. And this paper concluded that it was highly improbable that COVID came from a lab and suggested that it had a natural origin. Now, then, of course, you know, various experts, health experts, government officials, and Dr. Fauci went on to cite this paper as evidence during a press conference, and I actually have that pulled up and queued up. So here's the press conference This was back on um, April 17, 2020, where Dr. Fauci, in a press conference standing next to Donald Trump, was asked about the theories circulating that COVID-19 may have came from a lab in Wuhan, China. And here's what he had to say. I wanted to ask, uh, 
Dr. Fauci, could you address these suggestions or concerns uh, that this virus was somehow man-made, possibly came out of a laboratory in China? You studied this virus. What are the prospects of that? There was a study uh, recently that we can make available to you where a, a group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences there and the sequences in uh, bats as they evolve. And the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. So, I mean, the, the paper will be available. I, I don't have the authors right now, but we can make that available too. Oh, sir, on the, uh, the protest that, you, that we've seen. Okay, so, so that was very important at the end there. He's like, you know, I don't, I don't know the authors offhand, but there's a paper out there somewhere, and I can get that to you. As if he, he, he's trying to make it seem like he has no relation to the authors of this paper whatsoever, um, and that he has no connection to the publication. But... What we know is not only did he prompt the them to write this paper in the first place, but he actually was one of the principal authors of the paper and had the final say on what went into it. Basically, he wrote the paper himself, then went before the American people went and, and, and said that uh, we know that it didn't come from a lab because there's this paper published by these experts who I don't know, and they said that it had a natural origin. Dude! You're the one that wrote the damn paper, okay? So, basically, this is what happened. Initially, they tried to tell us that it came from a wet market in Wuhan, and people started to realize, hey, wait a second. Uh, so I was looking at a, a, a Google Maps, and, and here, you know, you're talking about this wet market in Wuhan, and just 10 miles away, there just happens to be a lab which has been doing gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses, and something tells me that this lab might have something to do with this COVID-19 virus, <laughs> you know? And so people started catching on. And what Dr. Fauci did was he got a research group to write a paper which said COVID didn't leak from the lab. And then used that paper to tell the American people that COVID didn't leak from a lab. And of course he did this because he didn't want the American people to know that he helped the Chinese government create a bioweapon that would decimate the entire global economy. Now, it actually gets better. Well, it, it gets worse, I should say, because before this paper was authored and released by Dr. Anderson and Scripps Research, uh, Dr. Anderson actually was, was saying that he believed the virus looked engineered. On January 31st, he emailed Dr. Fauci to warn him that so far the research suggested that some of the features of the virus look engineered and that the genome looks inconsistent with evolutionary theory. So Dr. Anderson was saying this virus looks like it was man-made, okay? Now here's where the plot really thickens, okay? Because after Dr. Anderson wrote this email to Dr. Fauci, the very next day, on February 1st, Dr. Fauci emailed his longtime deputy, Dr. Hugh Auchincloss. And in this email, he included a paper. Okay, and listen up, because this is crazy. After Dr. Anderson said the virus looked man-made, the next day, Dr. Fauci emailed his longtime deputy, 
and included an attachment into the email which highlighted the taxpayer-funded gain-of-function research on coronaviruses. So basically, Dr. Fauci was, was, was saying, hey, <laughs> okay, all right, read between the lines here. You're saying that this looks man-made. Take a look at this, okay? Uh, I was funding this Wuhan lab, okay, doing gain-of-function research on COVID-like viruses. So you can't say that. That's what he was trying to imply. He was, he was trying to give them the signal. No, 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 no. You can't say that because you're going to get me in big trouble here. Okay, see? I'm sending you an email highlighting the fact that I was funding gain-of-function research. Okay, and, he, and so Dr. Fauci sent this email and said, quote, It is essential that we speak this morning. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper. You will have tasks today that must be done. Now, three days later, Dr. Anderson completely flipped his story 180 degrees. He went from saying that it looked man-made to then on February 1st saying the main crackpot theories going around at the moment related to the virus being somehow engineered is demonstrably false. Wow. So he just completely flipped on his axis after a conference call with Dr. Fauci. Very, very strange coincidence there, right? So it it begs the question, what changed here? You know, what groundbreaking discovery did Dr. Anderson find that caused him to go from saying it looked engineered to calling the lab leak theory a crackpot conspiracy theory? Well, it just so happened and this was pointed out by Kyle Becker. Uh, Kyle Becker did a, a, a blog about this, and he made this connection. So three days after this conference call with Dr. Fauci, Dr. Anderson received a grant for $1.9 million, and his yearly research funding increased from $7 million per year to nearly $24 million per year following the Fauci phone call. So, money talks, people. That's what it all boils down to. Uh, Dr. Anderson was researching the origin of the virus. He said it looked man-made. Dr. Fauci held a conference call, uh, said, hey, (laughs) I'll give you a $2 million grant and increase your pay threefold if you shut up about this and change the language and say that it doesn't look man-made. It looks like it had a natural origin. And then Dr. Anderson proceeded to publish... This um, this paper, which said that the lab leak theory was a crackpot conspiracy theory. So now, now we all know that it came from the lab, right? That, that, that's not this nothing new. Like this is all we're, we're we're two years late. The FBI, Christopher Ray, wants to come out and say our research has concluded that the uh, virus originated from the lab. We all know that, but now we have proof. Emails. Thanks to the, uh, the, the, the uh, Republicans in Congress, we have proof that Dr. Fauci actively conspired to suppress that story, okay? And then what we also have from these emails is proof that Dr. Anderson also lied to Congress. On August 18, 2021, Scripps Research, which was uh, uh, headed by Dr. Anderson... They responded to a letter of inquiry from James Comer and Jim Jordan, 
where they said that Dr. Fauci did not attempt to influence their work. And this contradicts his earlier statement where he said that Dr. Fauci was the one who prompted the paper in the first place. And actually, let me let me pull up the receipt on that one. Um, so if, if you guys will look at the screen here, you can see on February 12, 2020, Dr. Anderson wrote to Nature to request the publication of what would become Proximal Origin. In this email, Dr. Anderson wrote, There has been a lot of speculation, fear-mongering, and conspiracies put forward in this space, and we thought that bringing some clarity to this discussion might be of interest to nature. Okay, so nature was basically like the the publication. So, So they wanted to publish a paper, and they contacted nature and said, Hey, there's a lot of fear-mongering going on. There's a lot of conspiracies out there. So we want you to publish this paper that we wrote, okay? And they say that this was all prompted by Jeremy Farrar, Anthony Fauci, and Francis Collins. So here we have Dr. Anderson writing to Nature to request that they publish Proximal Origin and saying that Proximal Origin was prompted by Anthony Fauci. Okay, so when he says to Congress on August 18, 2021, that Dr. Fauci did not influence his work, well, uh, that's kind of contradictory, don't you think? Especially when you consider the conference call where Dr. Anderson completely changed from saying it looked manufactured to saying it, uh, it, it looked natural. So Dr. Fauci clearly influences work. This dude, Anthony Fauci, funded the creation of the virus, okay? And so, (laughs) this man needs to be tried for treason, crimes against humanity. And it's unfortunate the position that we're in, because the chances of that happening are slim to none in in the near future, okay? We have the committee, they want to call Fauci in there to testify, and uh, Ted Cruz is calling for Fauci to be prosecuted and jailed. But the problem is, it's it's not going to happen. As long as the Democrats control the Senate, the White House, and uh, we have a Democrat-appointed Attorney General Merrick Garland. The, the best we can hope for in the near future is exposure. And it is validating that one by one, the conspiracy theories that we were demonized for keep coming to fruition. I mean, we keep being proven right. I'm running out of conspiracy theories here. But that gets... Uh, that only gets us so far. I want these people to be held accountable because we ha- we have to we have to show these people that you can't I mean you can't just brazenly commit treason and then get away with it because at a certain point they don't care that the American public knows. <laughs> if there's nothing that's going to happen to them, why do they care? Dr. Fauci's right now collecting his taxpayer funded pension after being the highest paid government official for years. And he's responsible for the deaths, the murder of thousands, if not millions of people. He's also collected uh, millions from his kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies. So he's living in a lavish life of luxury and doesn't particularly care that the American people know because he's retired now. Remember, he retired just before the Republicans took back the House. Okay, so... Th- The only way that this is going to result in accountability is if we take back the House and the Senate in 2024 and the White House 
And then we have uh, um, Trump appoint an attorney general who's going to go after Fauci. And so maybe it's a pipe dream, but we can, you know, we can only hope. But man, this guy needs to be held accountable. Or <clears throat> this guy needs to be held accountable, man. The dude, the dude retired right before the frickin' Republicans took control of the House. But so the subcommittee is supposed to hold their first public hearing on the origins of COVID on Wednesday, and they've released this memorandum to, I guess, get the word out. Um, you know, to 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 get a lot of eyes on this, and we'll be covering that, of course, on Wednesday. But this is... And doing TV appearances. Yep, Expert G. And the man, the man feels untouchable. I truly believe the man feels untouchable right now. But he is absolutely the one of the most corrupt human beings on planet Earth, man. Tell me how... You, uh, uh, how can you be more corrupt? You funded the lab. Look, here it, it goes back to 2014. They were funding gain-of-function research here in the United States. And then actually the Obama administration put a halt to it. So what did they do? They proceeded to move the operation to China, where there's less oversight. And they can get away with a lot more. They didn't stop the research uh, because it's dangerous. No, they said, let's just take it somewhere else. So they took the operation over to China, and then they actually, the, the oversight, um, oversight actually said, hey, wait a second. You're conducting gain-of-function research. You're out of compliance with the protocol. So at that point, you would think they would stop what they're doing because of the potential harm that it could cause. Uh, But then that's not what happened. What happened is Peter Daszak was actually allowed to change the definition of of gain-of-function and submit a draft proposal that was accepted by, uh, was it the NIAID? at the time, accepted the draft proposal to change the definition of -of gain-of-function so they could continue the gain-of-function research. And what did all that result in? It resulted in the Chinese um, probably, I mean, intentionally releasing, intentionally releasing a bioweapon that decimated the global economy, killed off thousands if not millions of people, destroyed people's lives, businesses, and enriched the pharmaceutical companies, which Anthony Fauci benefited from every single step of the way. You can't get more corrupt than that. And so uh, I believe that he... I, I can't say what I believe this man deserves on camera here, but you know where I'm going with this. The man deserves to be punished to the highest extent of the law. Um... Okay, so, that's the gist of it. We'll keep an eye out there for Wednesday. And with that said, um, I wanted to just throw this out there. We know that, you know, it wasn't just Anthony Fauci. The media was in on it, too. We know that the media, they got millions, millions from the government to promote vaccines, right? And, And so... The media was in on it, too. And what we have here is proof that CNN ex-boss Jeff Zucker told staff not to probe the lab leak theory because it was a Trump talking point, he said. 
CNN's then-president Jeff Zucker told his staffers not to investigate the lab leak theory behind the origins of COVID-19 because he thought it was a Trump talking point, according to a report. Now, why does that not surprise me? Because we, we know that they were all receiving money from the government to push vaccine propaganda. Okay? And so um, they suppressed the lab leak theory. They, they were all in on it. It's not just Fauci. Now, I want to move on. I have one more story for us to cover, but I want you guys to please consider smashing that rumble button, baby. Okay? Because the Wilf is back. And uh, we're a little light on viewers today, but that's probably because people don't weren't expecting a show after I was gone for over a week. So if you could, smash that rumble button, baby. All right, and then we're going to talk about this freaking psychopath attorney general out in Washington who's trying to push this crazy-ass bill, which is the most racist. Uh, it's, it's crazy, man. Wait, wait wait till you see this shit. It's, I swear it's the most crazy thing I've seen in a long, long time. Okay, those of you guys out there in Washington are going to want to pay attention. All right, so Attorney General Bob Ferguson, or uh, let's just call him Turd Ferguson. Okay, Attorney General Turd Ferguson... His office could arrest or civilly commit conservatives for uttering mainstream positions under a terrifying and illegal plan to redefine domestic terrorism that punishes speech. His office now claims some conservative views or anything he deems as misinformation are examples of domestic extremism. He even wants to push to create a Washington version of a ministry of truth to fund journalists to push his political agenda. So we saw this uh, on the federal level by the HHS and Alejandro Mayorkas, right? They wanted to create the Ministry of Truth at the federal level, but the amount of pushback caused them to back down, right? But now the Washington Attorney General is pushing House Bill 1333, which would create a left-wing domestic violent extremism commission in the AG's office. The members are asked to recommend legislative solutions to combat disinformation and misinformation, address early signs of radicalization, and develop a public health-style response. Okay, so um, misinformation would be deemed uh, domestic extremism, right? And let me tell you something here. We ain't <laughs> Now, given the fact that we're talking about Washington, you're probably thinking, oh, okay, so, so they want to address BLM and Antifa, because let's remember... Back in 2020, in Seattle, BLM and Antifa set up that autonomous zone called CHAZ. You, you remember this? Remember this? Uh, where they literally murdered two black kids, smashed a police officer in the head with a baseball bat, and tried to burn police officers alive inside a police department, which they sealed shut. Okay? So, so these are the people you would think that would be the targets of this... Uh, commission at the attorney general's office, right? Because obviously violent extremism is a problem in Washington, but no, 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 no. Those people are actually protected under this bill and they're explicitly concerned with white people. And if I'm not even being hyperbolic whatsoever, just take a look at the text of this bill. Okay. I won't bore you with all of it, but it's actually pretty short. Just take a look. Okay. So the Domestic Violent Extremism Commission is established within the office of the AG for the purpose of establishing a comprehensive public health and community-based framework for responding to domestic violent extremism. Now, 
Look at this. The commission must consist of the following members. A representative from the Anti-Defamation League. Okay, so we're off to a great start. A representative from the Black African American community. Uh, a representative from the Muslim, Jewish, Asia, or Asian American community. The Sikh community. Latino or Latinx community. The LGBTQ community. Uh, a representative from the general immigrant refugee community. And a representative from the African community. So did you guys hear anybody? <laughs> like any any member of the white community? Like, n- no, no. It's, it's all of the minorities get representation here, right? And the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, okay? Now also, a representative from the FBI, a representative from the United States Department of Homeland Security, and a representative from a federally commissioned, uh, recognized tribe. So these are all the people that would be represented on this commission, which is seeking to respond to domestic violent extremism. So who do you think they're going to target? Pop quiz. Who do you think they're going to target? Especially when, when they're saying that misinformation and disinformation is an example of violent extremism. This extremely unconstitutional bill would go after you and I, all right, and protect the actual violent domestic terrorists. And if you don't believe me, here we go. So the duties of the commission include, but are not limited to, identifying community-led and evidence-based solutions to combat disinformation and misinformation, address early signs of radicalization, and develop public health-style responses Evaluating any future data tracking recommendations around domestic violent extremism, including how data is collected, what triggers data collection, and how to ensure data is not disproportionately used against black, indigenous, and people of color communities or other communities. And evaluating current legal tools, both civil and criminal. Now, that's enough of that. Do I think that this bill will pass? No. But this just goes to show you that um, your attorney general out there is a freaking radical Marxist communist who is obviously being, uh, obviously just another coward kowtowing to the loud, uh, the loud freaking people like, uh, what's his name, Blatt or Brat at the ADL and all these activists, right? And pushing this completely unconstitutional bill to target people like you and I, to prevent you from being able to question the government, question vaccines, question elections, and uh, <laughs> Sarah Justice says, y'all got some hopium up in here? Not today. I'll, I'll, I'll try to work on some hopium tomorrow. I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll try to peddle some hopium tomorrow, but not today. Pretty much bad news. Well, the, the Fauci thing's not necessarily bad news. You know, he's, he's getting exposed. That's that's That counts for something, right? He's getting exposed, okay? Dr. Fraud, she's getting exposed. All right, so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a little rusty. I'm just getting back. It's It's been really difficult for me to get caught up on everything I missed, but it feels like I didn't miss much. It was a pretty slow week. You know, the, the news wasn't all that eventful, apparently, while I was gone, besides CPAC. Oh, Trump... He wins a straw poll at CPAC. That's the big news over the past week. Yeah, tell me something I don't know. Well, that t- t- tell me something I don't know, okay? 
what else happened? Nothing. So I didn't miss much. But, uh, you know, I got to I gotta get back in the swing of things, get back in my routine. And we're going to be popping off shows left and right, baby. So if you enjoy what we do over here at the Wolf Pack and you want to support this show, there's a number of ways to do that. You can go to preparewithnickmoseater.com and save a ton of money on a three-month emergency food kit. And you also get the Alexa Pure uh, Water Filtration System, which is gravity-powered, and that's pretty sick, and it's a $247 value. Okay, but you'll also be supporting this show. The, the number one way to support this show is to go to nickmoseater.locals.com and become a supporter over there, baby. Okay, and I'm, I'm backed by you, you beautiful wilfs out there. Uh, be, becoming a $5 a month supporter is the number one greatest way to support this channel and all the work that goes into it. Um, so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to smash that rumble button. Thank you for joining me here on such short notice and tune in tomorrow around the same time where we'll be continually exposing the deep state apparatus, the fraud and all of the corruption, baby. Thank you for watching and I will see you next time.